Hey everyone, you are listening to Abing Namnyu, How to Win Friends and Influence People. In this podcast, I talk about self-improvement and a lot of lot more things related to our career. In this podcast, I'll talk about the cardinal rule of behavior change. In the late 1990s, a public health worker named Stephen Luby left in his hometown of Omaha. Nebraska and bought a one-day one-way ticket to the Karachi, Pakistan. Karachi was one of the most populous city in the world. By 1998, over 9 million people called it home. It was the economic center of Pakistan and a transportation hub, with some of the most effective airports and seaports in the region. In the commercial parts of town, you could find all the standard urban amenities and bustling downtown streets. But Karachi was also one of the least livable cities in the world. Over 60% of Karachi's residents live in a squatter settlements and slums. This densely packed neighborhood were filled with makeshift house cobbled together from old boats, kinker blocks, and other discarded materials. There were no waste removal system, no electricity grid, no clean water, no clean water supply. When dry, the streets were a combination of dust and trash. When wet, they became a muddy pit of savage. Mosquito colonies thrive in pools of stagnant water and children play among the garbage. The unsanitary condition led to the widespread illness and disease. Contaminated water sources cause epidemic of diarrhea, vomiting, and abdominal pain. Nearly one third of the children living there were malnourished. With so many people cramped into such a small space, viruses and bacteria infections spread rapidly. It was this health, public health crisis that had brought Stephen Lubby to Pakistan. Labi and his team realized that in an environment with poor sanitation, the simple habit of washing your hands would make a real difference in the health of the residents. But they soon discovered that many people were already aware that hand washing was important. And yet, despite this knowledge, many residents were washing their hands in a haphazard, haphazard fashion. Some people would just run their hand under the water quickly. Others would only wash one hand. Many would simply forget to wash their hands before preparing food. Everyone said hand washing was important, but few people made a habit out of it. The problem wasn't knowledge. The problem was consistency. That was when Labi and his team partnered with Proctor and Gamble to supply their neighborhood with Safeguard soap. Compared to your standard bar of soap, using Safeguard soap was a more enjoyable experience. In Pakistan, Safeguard was a premium soap. Luby told me the study participants commonly mentioned how much they like it. The soap formed easily and people were able to later their hands with such. It smelled great. Instantly, hand washing became slightly more pleasurable. 
I see the goal of handwashing promotion not as a behavior change, but as a habit adoption, Luby said. It is a lot easier for people to adopt a product that provides a strong positive sensory signal. For example, the mintest of toothpaste, then it is to adopt a habit that does not provide pleasurable sensory feedback, like flossing one's teeth. The marketing team at Procter & Gamble talk about everything to create a positive handwashing experience. Within months, the researchers saw a rapid shift in the health of children in the neighborhood. The rate of diarrhea fell by 52%, pneumonia by 48%, and impetuga, impetigo, a bacterial skin infection, by 35%. The long-term effects were even better. We went back some of the household in Karachi six years after. Luby told me, over 95% of households who had been given the soap for free and encouraged water available when our study team visited. We had not given any soap to the intervention group for over five years, but during the trial they had become so habituated to wash their hands that they had maintained the practice. It was a powerful example of the fourth and the final law of behavior change, make it satisfying. We are more likely to repeat a behavior when the experience is satisfying. This is entirely logical. Feeling of pleasure, even minor ones like washing your hands with a soap that smells nice and letters well, are signal that tells the brain. This feels good. Do this again. Next time, pleasure teaches your brain that a behavior is worth remembering and repeating. Take the story of chewing gum. Chewing gum had been sold commercially throughout the 1880s, but it wasn't until Wrigley launched in 1891 that it became a worldwide habit. Early versions were made from their relatives' bland resins. Chewy but not tasty. Wrigley revolution Revolutionize, 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 oh my god, this word, revolutionize, revolutionize the industry by adding flavors like spearmint and juicy fruits, which made the word flavorable and fun to use. Then they went a step further and began pushing chewing gum as a pathway to a clean mouth. Advertisement told readers to refresh your taste. Tasty flavors and feeling of a fresh mouth provided little bit of immediate reinforcement, reinforcement and made the product satisfying to use. Consumption skyrocketed and Wrigley became the largest chewing gum company in the world. Toothpaste has a similar trajectory. Manufacturers enjoyed great success when they added flavors like spearmint, peppermint, and cinnamon to their products. These flavors don't improve the effectiveness of toothpaste. They simply create a clean mouth, feel and makes the experience of brushing your teeth more pleasurable. My wife actually stopped using Sensodyne because she didn't like the aftertaste. She switched to a brand with a stronger mint flavor, which provided to which proved to be more satisfying. Conversely, in the executive in if an experience is not satisfying, 
we have little reason to repeat it. In my research, I came across the story of a woman who had a narcissistic relative who drove her nuts. In an attempt to spend less time with the egomaniac, she acted as dull, as boring as possible whenever she was around. Within a few encounters, he started avoiding her because he found her so uninteresting. So, stories like this are evidence to the cardinal rule of behavior change. What is rewarded is repeated. What is punished is avoided. You learn what to do in the future based on how you are rewarded for doing or punished for doing it in the past. Positive emotions cultivate habits. Negative emotions destroy them. The first law of behavior change make it obvious, make it attractive, and make it easy. Increases the odds that a behavior will perform this time. The fourth law of behavior change make it satisfying, increases the odds that a behavior will be repeated next time. It completes the habit loop. But there is a trick. We are not looking for any type of satisfactory satisfaction. We are looking for immediate satisfaction. The mismatch between immediate and delay rewards. Imagine you are animal roaming the plants of Africa, a giraffe or an elephant or a lion. On any given day, most of your decisions have an immediate impact. You are always thinking about what to eat or where to sleep or how to avoid a predator. You are constantly focused on the present or the very near future. You live in what scientists call an immediate return environment because your because your actions instantly delivered and clear immediate outcomes.